Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So I was time poor, but um, essentially I wasn't going to use that as an excuse for just not moving forward. Um, so what I had to do was, you know, just do that little bit extra every day. I use my lunch breaks to check realestate.com.au. I was limited. I have limited time after hours, but, you know, whenever that I do have some breaks and I just, again, I use that to check listings, do my due diligences um, and try to obviously, you know, attend to any other uh you know, property matters as such. Um, so basically, once you turn, you know, once you do a little bit every day, and it's accumulation effect as well. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum, and in this episode on Property Investory, we're chatting again to property investor David Shee, who will reveal how he accumulated seven cash flow properties within eight years while remaining committed to his full-time role as an IT project manager. Firstly, what held him back from initially investing into property? I think the fear of unknown is probably the main reason why I procrastinated in the uh, in the early days. Because um, when I look back again, apart from the fact that I want to enjoy life, the other thing was I could not understand why people want to take out such a big loan and want to pay take out such a big debt uh, at at that time. It just does not make sense to me. Um, so you know, and 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 to be honest, like when I when I was going through my first property purchase, I was very very nervous. Um, when I was thinking to myself, okay, congratulations, David, you've now just got your first property, but you've also got yourself into a debt that's close to about three hundred thousand um, dollars. I lost a couple of sleeps because I didn't know what I was getting into. And I haven't had any methodical approach on how to work out the forecasted cash flow at that time. So my mind didn't settle until basically after a few months when um, I've seen it literally just a simple, you know, rent comes in and interest goes out. It's a simple transaction month by month. And that's when, um, you know, it, it wasn't going to affect my lifestyle as such. Um, that's when I started to put my mind back into ease again. Um, so I think it's definitely the fear of unknown, and you know, not uh, not having that knowledge of um, um, of what property investment is. And the other thing that's holding me back um, is, um, and I'm sure this is probably the number one question that all investors ask too, is where to buy. 
um, because you know, for me, the having securing the first two properties in Sydney, uh, and when I was ready to go again in 2015, and this is before I met my mentor Michael, um, it took me a while to realize basically the competition in Sydney is just way too crazy, and I definitely need to go somewhere outside of Sydney, and it's challenging to try to buy interstate uh, without any help, without any knowledge about interstate. Um, you know, you'll be literally guided by your fear. Just go, okay, well, what if I buy something that I have not seen and what if, what if the neighborhood is, um, you know, is, is crap or what if the house get burned down or got trash, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of fears and unknowns around that point in time as well. Um, and luckily enough, I was able to meet Michael and was be able to guide it by him. So that process has become a lot easier. Um but, you know, having said that, when I look back, if I haven't met Michael at that point in time, I wouldn't be too sure where I would have landed myself today um, just because, um, you know, or it, well, let's put it this way. It will probably take me a lot longer to try to get to where I am today just because of that, um, that unknown factor. With his mentor, Michael Sharp, playing an instrumental role throughout his property investing journey, she was also inspired by resources like the Property Chat Forum and books with a focus on mindset and strategy. From a mentoring perspective, um, he's essentially being my bouncing wall all the time. So when I look at properties, when I look at deal, I would just bounce off my thoughts through him and basically he would then give me his perspective. Um, and over time, I, and I was glad that over time I was able to start to see from his perspective and also pick up some of his knowledge so that, you know, I would get into the habit of asking myself, um, what would Michael think about this property before I even try to send something across to him? So that definitely plays a critical role in terms of shaping my mindset and get me to where I am today. Um, having said that, um, there are also other things that I educated myself with. Um, good books, podcasts, uh, like, you know, Property Investory, for example, very good podcast, um, as well as, uh, you know, Property Chat Forum. Um, you know, these are essential basically two types of educations that I think um, you need for property investing. So the first type is the mindset, uh, educate yourself on the mindset and secondly is the technical aspects of property investing. So property investing is a journey basically there will always be going to be ups and downs um, and to gear with to gear for those um, you need to build a resilient mindset and you know that you can build that via for example good books such as slight edge by jeff olsen um the magical thinking big by david schwarz or even just the classic of the classic rich dad poor dad so these are what i think is the soul foods and the concept don't just apply to property investing but also become um, you know how you can become much more successful person in general so that's the mindset side of things and the other part is the technical aspect of property investing. So these involves questions such as where to buy, um, what type of property to buy, and what type of strategies and so on. So again, like a uh, you know, good knowledge can be gained via books like uh, 20 Must Must Ask Questions by, for Every Property Investor by Margaret Lomas, or like you know, From Zero to 130 Properties in 3.5 Years by Steve McKnight. So you know, those are additional resources that I use to educate myself on top of what Michael has helped me um, to achieve where I am today.
So having access to these resources, what has been the most useful advice he has received? I actually think the best advice I've received today was um, actually do your own due diligence um, and take accountability of the decisions um, that, that you've made because I've personally met a lot of investors and um, some of their mindset basically just want to have the answer spoon fed to them or you know try to take shortcuts. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there is no shortcuts in life. Um, you know, we all have to, as humans, we all have to make mistakes and that's how we learn. So everyone has to go through that process and, you know, through each the not so perfect decisions that I've made and that's basically how I've learned to make better investment decisions next time. So, you know, the best advice that I can basically that I receive is just, you know, you do need to do your own due diligence because at the end of the day, you are responsible for making the investment decision. With seven properties in his portfolio, she describes the strategy he implemented that helped him achieve this with the guidance of his mentor. So, following his strategy on positive gear properties, um, property free is in Slacks Creek. Uh, it's a high set uh, with downstairs as a studio setup and a uh, bathroom downstairs as well. So that one is uh, that one I bought around three twenty-seven uh, at that time, and it's currently renting about four seventy at the moment. So yield is really good. Yep, yield is very good. Um, and um, basically, once I had the first success, um, I then used try to rinse and repeat using the same strategy, and I uh, was able to secure another property in Woodridge uh, for about two ninety five. Uh, again, it's a high set with uh, downstairs having the potential to build out, and there are also a big power ship in the back uh, in the backyard, which um, can be potentially turned into a granny flat subject to council approval. So. Um, Property 3 and Property 4 are, um, are all in Logan and I had those two successes and they're both giving me really good cash flow but I'm also mindful that um, the properties that I bought in those areas are not really investment grade because they're lower socioeconomic areas and this is just my opinion. In terms of the investment grade, you want to look at blue chip uh, areas so they're good they they have good fundamentals where they're close to shopping centers or major public transport hubs uh, or employment opportunities so those are the key fundamentals uh, that I look at as I believe are investment grade uh, areas with this in mind he conducted more research to broaden his horizons so when I was considering property 5 I wanted to start diversifying a little um, so that's where I actually look towards north around Moreton Bay um, as well as west towards Ipswich areas. When I, I actually made trips to both, I uh, went to Moreton Bay as well as to Ipswich. Um, Ipswich straight away I ruled out just because there's too much land. Um, I didn't quite like the, um, you know, it's just, just too much land. So to me that uh, capital growth is literally non-existent. Whereas uh, Moreton Bay is actually an interesting because um, they will they are building they are planning to build a new university uh, around the Petrie area, 
Um, so, and there's been a new North Lakes uh, shopping center, which for shopping center with Bunnings. So there's a lot of private funding going into um, uh, the area around Petrie and Kalanga. So that's what, as well as uh, also there's a new train station when I was uh, about to go in when I was looking around then. So naturally, uh, for me, it makes sense for me to look into the Kalanga area. However, um, the numbers just didn't quite stack up because I was so used to looking at yields at 6 plus, 7% plus. Um, for, the, for the Moreton Bay area, um, it didn't quite make sense for me. Having said that, um, <laughs> I still found um, something which I was quite comfortable with. For Property 5, it was actually a slightly different strategy here. Property three and property four are very cash flow based. Property five, um, I actually step back and go, how did I make my money in my Hornsby purchase? It was great location. It's got good fundamentals and this is what I want to follow. So for property five, I actually bought pretty much five minutes of walking to the train station too and as close to Petrie as I possibly can. So uh, even though the yield isn't as good, it's not a 7% plus monster but um, it was still able to secure me about 5.5% nevertheless. So uh, I was quite happy with um, that. Coming up after the break, we'll continue with how she applied his strategy to his growing portfolio. Where in Geelong, I was able to actually find about 5.5% deals. Um, and in particular, um, I was looking at Discover the book which set him on the right path in his property journey. Essentially, I think it's by far one of the best books in terms of building a successful mindset and a personal habit. And I think what I said earlier, you know, just doing little bits every day and do it consistently. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. She located two more suitable properties in Logan and Newcomb where he found the potential for improvement. So after property five, um, again, I was looking at diversify but you know, there was a deal in Logan that just dragged me back. Property six is again back in Logan but this time it's in Eagleby. So slightly different area in Logan from the first two that I bought um, and this one is basically a corner block, uh, 750 square meters uh, which is what attracted me that. Because in, in Southeast Queensland, if it's a corner block sitting on a 750 square meters, it's got subdivision potential, uh, basically. So that's what attracted me because I've always wanted to do something that has a subdivision potential. That's why um, this deal sort of attracted me and it was sitting on a pretty 6% return already. So that's why I thought, okay, 
well, the deal, it, it, the deal is what's really attracted me. So I don't really care where it is. I'm just going to jump in. So uh, that was property six. Um, so after property six, um, I, I'm, re- I'm well aware that I've got four properties in Queensland uh, in the latest buying cycle. That's why I'm starting to look for different um, different states again. Um, just just keeping in mind, I don't want to put everything in one basket. So I've checked in Adelaide, and uh, unfortunately, I wasn't sold on Adelaide, despite the yield is really good. I just wasn't sold on the employment opportunities uh, and the fundamentals in Adelaide uh, in comparison with, obviously, the Brisbane, the Sydney, and the Melbourne that it has. So um, that's why, instead of Adelaide, I've turned my eyes again into Melbourne uh, at that point in time. Um, so in Melbourne, unfortunately, the yield across the board is quite poor. So, um, and I wanted to get something around a 5% to 5.5%. So given my budget and given that target, um, I was naturally being guided towards Geelong. Okay, so Geelong, where in Geelong, I was able to actually find about 5.5% deals. Um, and in particular, um, I was looking at Newcomb, uh, which is about three kilometers east of Geelong CBD, and um, those 5.5% deals that I was looking at, uh, unfortunately, they are already sitting on a subdivided land. That's the only unfortunate thing, but nevertheless, that's what guided me first to Geelong, and then upon the due diligence, that's what attracted me to Newcomb because this area is so close to Geelong CBD. Um, yet the price range is very, very affordable. Ge- uh, Newcomb is actually right next to East Geelong. East Geelong has a median price of about 500000 plus. When I purchased the Newcomb property earlier this year, it was still sitting at median price about $300,000. So it makes a lot of sense to obviously jump into that because I'm sure the ripple effect would uh, come across at one point in time. From there, he eventually found a great opportunity in Newcomb which would allow him to add value and generate equity. So I look hard in Newcomb and um, Property 7 then landed is a two-bedroom brick house sitting on a 520-square-meter corner block in Newcomb. Now, this one is, I purchased this one as a two-bedder but the reason I purchased that is also it's got potential to turn to three-bedder. So I saw the opportunity when I was inspecting the property. Uh, luckily enough, the agent didn't include a um, what they call the, the floor plan on the website. So when I go into the property, I naturally have a floor plan myself in the, in the brain. And I go, that's an enormous lounge room there. And when I look closer, uh, it's got the beam which used to be the wall that's included the bedroom free. So when I look at that, basically I just go, this is the deal because if I just spend a couple more grants, I will then be able to turn this two better into a free better and generate instant equity. Many investors who maintain their 9 to 5 job find it challenging to set time aside for researching property. She has made a habit of doing this which in turn has helped him to successfully reach his goals. 
I have been trying to do a little bit extra every day, uh, applying the slight edge principle. So, um, for example, you know, I did say that uh, in part one, I am I have a very busy day job, um, and as such, um, very li- very little time to be able to look at uh, properties, etc., um, etc. Et um, so I was time poor, but. Um, essentially, I wasn't going to use that as an excuse for just not moving forward. Um, so what I had to do was, you know, just do that little bit extra every day. I use my lunch breaks to check realestate.com.au. I was limited. I have limited time after hours, but you know, whenever that I do have some breaks, and I just again, I use that to check listings, do my due diligences, um, and try to obviously, you know, attend to any other, uh, you know, property matters as such. Um, so basically, once you turn, you know, once you do a little bit every day, and it's accumulation effect as well, um, and that's that's basically where I was able to get myself despite in a busy schedule, to be able to get to up to seven properties today. Over eight years, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson has had a profound impact on his life and has been another driving force behind his intent to invest in property. It's been a fantastic book uh, and obviously, I don't want to give the, <laughs> the audiences all the details because that, that will stop them from reading but essentially, I think it's by far one of the best books in terms of building a successful mindset and a personal habit and I think what I said earlier, you know, just doing little bits every day and do it consistently, um, that compounding effect over time is the, one, is the key to generating the big outcome. So that's that that is essentially the crux of the book uh, per se um, and, um, and 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 it's and it's simple but it's not easy because to be able to do something consistently every day means you need to dedicate yourself um, that time and that effort but um, you know if you are able to do that and if you have a very strong goal that you want to achieve that automatically will drive you towards that outcome anyway. So, you know, when I read the book, it basically just resonates with me and go, this is exactly what I have been doing. Uh, and, you know, it, it essentially takes me to the next level and go, okay, and wow, the compounding effect is actually happening. And uh, it's just an amazing feeling. Even today, you know, that doesn't stop. Um, so it's just becoming a habit. And when you when it becomes a habit, it's hard to shake off too. And not that you'll, you'll, you'll want to shake it off, but, you know, um, when you have a passion about something, you will automatically want to, you know, will be driven and want to achieve a certain outcome that you wanted to achieve. So if she were to meet his past self from 10 years ago, what would he say to him? I will ask him very nicely again. I would say, please start investing early and don't procrastinate uh, because if you start, if I started planting the seeds at an earlier stage, then today, again, I will be at a different height today. So um, that's what, that's why, that will be my advice basically to any investors. Um, no time is the best time to buy. Today is the best day as long as you can afford it and obviously you need to have a comfortable level yourself as well um, given everybody has different type of financial situations um, but you know, start planting the seeds today in order to reap the rewards tomorrow. 
Now she is excited to be able to aid other investors in the property journeys and watch them achieve their goals in the same way he has achieved his own. I think um, I think the good thing about um, having done so many different things um, is that um, you know I am actually I'm actually um, I actually have tried out so many numerous things along the way and strategy. I have amassed a lot of knowledge and experiences in various areas. And what I'm finding is I was able to use that knowledge to help the people, my friends, my colleagues, um, or even just people from online, um, you know, to, to, to basically help them um, in their property journey um, and, you know, how I was able to um, – Avoid them from making the same mistakes that I had. Um, that's and be able to see them um, to obviously move forward um, is as happy as how I'm seeing myself moving forward. So I guess just the nature of being able to help people and to use the the knowledge that I have accumulated over the years um, to be able to help the people that I know um, in their property investment journey. That's to me is a sensational achievement and accomplishment and just like how Michael initially educated me and brought me through the journey I just want to return a favor to the community now by doing the same thing uh, and to help them you know in whichever way that I can. In his plans for the future, he believes in giving all that he's got in order to achieve his goals even if it means giving up his job in IT. IT has always been part of my passion, but um, having said that, you know, I, I think I've now gained enough mindset myself and, you know, if it, if it means that I need to dedicate my time to something else that will get me to my goal faster, then I would have no hesitation to move that direction. I would want to be able to help as many people as I possibly can uh, in terms of their property investment journey just because I've been started doing it and I absolutely love the process. I absolutely love the way how I can actually help people with the ability, with my knowledge that I have. So that is a fabulous, um, that is a fabulous experience that I, that I have myself and I don't think I see that as a job or career or anything per se. Um, it's um, it's just something that I'll wake up and I go, oh, right, you know, how, you know, how can I help more people today? How can I make the world better? Um, you know, that type of feeling. If you wish to connect with Xi, you can reach out to him via. I do have a blog which um, basically details a lot of my journeys, a lot of my uh, mistakes, a lot of the lessons learned. Um, so I would suggest that people can reach me from my blog, which is at mypropertystories. That's one word, mypropertystories.wordpress.com. Thank you to David Shi, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar David Shi and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.